Welcome to Business as Unusual, a podcast hosted by 360T, examining how firms in the FX industry are continuing to achieve business goals in an unusual working environment. Hello and welcome to the podcast with myself, Galen Stops from 360T, and today I'm joined by JB McKenzie, Managing Director for Futures and Forex at TD Ameritrade. JB, thank you for joining me today. Galen, thanks a lot for having me on. I really appreciate it and looking forward to it. So, so first off the bat, you know, the question you have to ask, you're, you're keeping well, you're keeping healthy, and most importantly, sane? Uh, I'll go with the healthy first, because I think that's <laughs> probably the easiest. I, 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 I am staying healthy. My family has. I hope that, that you and the listeners are as well. Um, I think sanity has, uh, has changed, and uh, there are different levels of it at different times. But I think <laughs> most importantly, it's about making sure everybody is doing well and, uh, and really being focused on your personal safety and your friends and your family. So from that point of it, I can't complain in any way, shape, or form. All right. That's a, that's a good start to the podcast. I like it. So first question I had for you, right? I'm JB and I'm, I'm giving you a time machine. Amazon prime is going to be with you in like two days. Problem is it's not a very good time machine. It only takes you back six months. So if you use this and you go back and you talk to, to JB of six months ago, before kind of the pandemic really broke out into so many countries, what advice apart from perhaps the long toilet paper, would you give to yourself? <laughs> that one, that one, I definitely would have given to myself. That, that's 100% <laughs> accurate. I feel that never seen anything like it. You know, it, it's funny. I've, I've, I've actually had, I've had this conversation with a bunch of uh, friends and colleagues of mine to say, uh-huh. would you be doing anything different if you had known this was coming six months earlier? And, and to be perfectly honest, I don't know that there is anything that I would do dramatically different if it was, except for the fact that I would have planned for myself and and for my teams just to have a little bit more sort of preparation. And what I mean by it is, is, you know, for us as a firm, we transitioned, we have almost 10,000 employees and over 90% of them transitioned home, you know, within almost six to seven business days. So for me, it was, I would want to do a better job of figuring out my personal space. Uh, we were laughing yeah. before, you know, just with my, I have three small kids. Being able to plan that personal space, I think is important. But I also heard that from the people that I work with and that work on my teams. You know, for them, it was an adjustment of how do you handle homeschooling, uh, an area to do work. Um, and, and that's the number one thing I think I've heard from them. But the best thing I heard was they all felt as though they were always safe and that they always felt as though we put their health first and their safety first. And so for me, that would always be my number one objective. And I think the fact that we were able to achieve that going back six months wouldn't really alter it. It's more sort of the personal things that maybe we took for granted that I would like to have been able to plan a little bit better. Obviously, toilet paper is a great one, but I just think that <laughs> space and sort of having better technology or paying up a little bit more for that Wi-Fi capability, that's more personal stuff. I think from a business standpoint, what I really saw was we were able to help make sure that our associates were taken care of. And for me, that's probably the most important thing. And I wouldn't have changed a thing. Okay. And then from a kind of markets perspective, obviously a lot has happened in recent months. We've seen just unprecedented stimulus from central banks in response to the pandemic. In our kind of corner of the world, in FX, what's been kind of the, the big impact there of this stimulus? So, you know, it's interesting. I think what the stimulus has done is, and actually I would say it's a combination of the stimulus and work from home transition, 
what's occurred here it has put more eyeballs actually on the marketplace and people are now becoming much more engaged and you saw this across the board when you saw the number of new accounts that that we opened up you know record number in our, our last quarter over 600,000 and i think the important thing is is that people started to realize that their financial uh, portfolios with this market moving everywhere that they needed to educate themselves and what right. we really saw was this tremendous increase of people participating in education, participating in markets, opening up, an, uh, opening up accounts, trying to learn because, frankly, they were home and now they had that time where before that was often the number one excuse, I don't have time. So seeing that come through, but then hearing about the governments and central banks that were putting in so much money made people really sort of adjust and take some time and look at their overall portfolio and say, hey, I better do a, better spend some time learning more about this. Sure, I can go learn a language, but I want to go learn financial, uh, I want to learn my, my financial literacy, improve it so that I can go and take control of my future, especially as the markets were reacting in so many different ways. I, I can tell you from, from personal experiences and conversations I've had with people who, uh, who never had much interest in financial markets before suddenly are a lot keener on, on where they should be putting their money. No, absolutely. I mean, look at just, you know, we kind of had talked about, look at where you have time to spend your, your effort in, in, in sort of your, your day. You carved out or pulled stuff out. And while um, a lot of people maybe initially thought uh, jumping onto Netflix and watching some Tiger King or some other pro or some other show like that was an important thing. Yeah. People started to evolve. And as they evolved, they started looking for other areas. And really what you saw is, and we saw this across the way in our firms, people are incredibly engaged. So lots of communication through our Twitter, through our online education, wanting to learn more. And that, that I think reflected to volumes in the markets. And that's why you're seeing such increasing amounts of volumes because people are saying, what should I be doing with my, with my precious money? And they're learning and figuring out where the right places are. And we're seeing that across the board because then you add on top of that, that uncertainty of the central banks and what happens? You've got US dollar moving here. You've got pound moving there, yen shifting. And so all of a sudden the markets are adjusting and people now can react. And let's be honest, that news cycle is 24 hours. You need a product, something like an FX or futures, because those also will trade 24 hours. So people started to really right. realize that there were these other asset classes that they could participate in. And was it, was it a challenge for you then, this, this spike in activity? You know, obviously, you're talking about you know, new accounts, record numbers. There's kind of a technology piece there. But then again, as you referenced, there's the support piece. There's the education piece. There's uh, you know, the Twitter piece you were mentioning and getting back to helping people trade more effectively. Was that a challenge for you? You know, I think it was initially a challenge because of the fact that we were transitioning people to their own home workspaces. Yeah. But I think what was really amazing about it was the reaction by our associates, right? Our people embraced this challenge and we found ways, you know, like I, I laughed, my, my work from home at one point had an old television set connected to a laptop that was connected with an iPad so I could have three screens. And I was answering <laughs> phone calls and emails from, from, from customers calling in. So with that unprecedented volumes that came in, our associates and our teams and our client servicing reps did an amazing job of being able to answer questions. And again, we answer questions through all types of mediums. It's phone calls, emails, internal trading platform chats, Twitter, Facebook Messenger, WeChat. So we had all of these different distribution mechanisms that people were on asking us questions and our customers were able to, to get responses. So for me, the number one thing I think I was most proud about 
was how well our associates were able to handle and answer those questions. And that we're talking about floods of thousands and thousands of pounds of questions coming in because what would you do if you have a concern in the market? You pick up the phone or you try to chat in, you want right. a response. And these people did an amazing job. So then obviously in response to the volatility in FX, you know, we certainly saw spreads blow out. We saw liquidity become very thin um, in certain currency pairs at certain times. Have, have conditions come somewhat back to normal or where are we between that kind of that high vol state and the, the very low vol we were in before? You know, I think it's a great question, especially as you look at the FX markets, and I'll reference something here in a second. That volatility did come out and it exploded, and I think all of the markets were reacting in different ways, and the spreads definitely widened. But what you've also seen is you've seen it tighten back up, and you're starting to see as uh, as people are more confident in the uh, the actions of governments and uh, in, in around the world and kind of where we are coming from this pandemic, you're starting to see the the, the, the markets really tighten up very similar, if not better to where than they were previously. But just look at what happened just here a day ago, right? Uh, you had the Turkish lira. Right. And we had a, a news come out in the Turkish lira in regard to who would be allowed to participate in the Turkish lira markets. And what happened? All of a sudden, the market started to get to get volatile again. What to me is amazing is the, the technology. And look, we obviously, you know, with 360T and the market and the, and the liquidity providers and our own technology, the ability for us to handle those big movements and the ebbs and flows of, of market data, I think really shows it should give customers and people confident that their technology is at an all-time great uh, standpoint because it's there and can feel, it can, it can react to the market. So you as an investor are able to react in real time and don't have to worry so much about outages. There's always going to be technology issues, but to right. see what's happened in the last few weeks here, and specifically the last 24 hours, was amazing to see the markets across the board really be able to react to that news and be able to provide liquidity despite that unsettling news that came out of Turkey. I think that's a really interesting point. And I was actually on a, uh, a virtual event recently and they sort of asked everybody you know, around the group for takeaways at the end. And a number of people said that their big takeaway from, from recent weeks was just how resilient the market proved despite everything that was happening. Yeah, there, there are some people who had arguments that markets should close and some should stay open. And I don't know that there is a right or a wrong answer for, for that, but the fact of it is they stayed open. And what you saw was the markets were able to provide liquidity despite unprecedented moves. And you're still continuing to see it. Look, today, you know, obviously, you know, today's, you know, May 8th, and we had our uh, the first non-farm payroll of, 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 of the pandemic that had just, you know, talking about potentially over 15 million people that were happy filing for unemployment. That type of news would shock the market in the old in the old days. But to watch how the markets were able to hold that liquidity as the news broke, as the analysis came through, to me is really amazing. And I think it's absolutely fantastic that we have been able to develop these types of high quality markets. And it's never been better for investors to have access to these markets. And do you find that FX and futures, do they present any sort of unique challenges or, or more difficult challenges to firms trying to understand the risks of them compared to, say, other instruments? 
So I, I do think it creates a challenge because both of them are 24 hour markets, basically five and a half, six days a week. So mm-hmm. that's the bigger challenge is understanding they don't behave. So often we think of the, of the markets as only being the equity markets and thinking to ourselves in the U.S., you know, that it's opening it up, uh, you know, depending on where you live, you know, 830 to, to 330. And, you know, that's not necessarily the case. These futures markets and these FX markets provide that, that 24-hour market access. So as news comes out in Asia or Europe, U.S. market equity markets are closed, but the FX and futures markets are not. So a lot of times that's where the education is, is to say to people, hey, you need to realize that this is, a, uh, this is an active market. You need to be thinking about where and what controls and risk parameters you have in place if you're going to participate in it or if you're going to utilize it to educate yourself as sort of what you're seeing as, as directional, you know, are we starting to see positive momentum come out of Asia? Are we seeing um, less than positive or negative momentum coming out of Europe? So there's a lot of different ways to use it, but you need to make sure you understand that it trades 24 hours. And that's one of the big pieces that we've been emphasizing to, to people to make sure they understand that prior to ever being approved to trade it or beginning to initiate their first trade. Okay. And JB, I'm, Going to let you get back to it because you've been very generous with your time when I know you're busy. But before we go, I wanted to ask one last, maybe slightly more personal question, which is everybody's working from home now, or most people are. For you, what's what's the best and worst thing about working from home? So I think from the best standpoint, what it has been is it has provided me an opportunity to spend a bit more time with my family in in a, in a different way. And some people will tell you that could also be the that could also be the worst part of it as well. <laughs> but I think really what it I. I do think what you're finding out is, is that for me, it gives me some extra time for me to be able to, to be with my family. It also um, has forced me to find new ways to communicate with my teams. I have teams in Hong Kong, in Singapore, in the U.S., in four different cities, Omaha, St. Louis, Dallas, Chicago. So how do you communicate with those people? So the good part is it's forced me to go do that. I think to me, the hardest thing that has been the fact that I haven't been able to be physically near a lot of these people. I usually try and travel to every office once a quarter. This is the longest in over nine years that I've ever not been on an airplane. And so for me, that is the real big challenge. It's been others. How do I adjust myself with it? Um, I will also say that refrigerator is a little bit closer than it should be to where (laughs) I normally am. So that's a challenge as well. (laughs) All right, JP. Well, thank you so much for this chat. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Gail. I look forward to hopefully doing it again soon. Thank you for listening to Business as Unusual. Check the 360T website to catch up on past episodes and find new listings.